0: Stack
1: receivers two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. It. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. intercepted! Intercepted! intercepted.
2: podcast presented by sb nation we are the voice of patriot nation i am your host pat lane i am with my co-host ryan
0: spagnoli how are we doing ryan i'm doing well pat uh back to the good old days obviously we had a little great bit of play it? action podcast it's great man it's great to be back doing what we love doing what we're probably best at so it should be fun Looking forward to getting started. You know, re- release these probably once once a week. Maybe if you know there's some emergency news or breaking news, maybe we'd have to do two. But I think we're gonna stick with one a week. I think that's plenty and yep. enough that you guys want to hear us enough. So we'll stick with that. But yeah, I'm exactly. excited about it. We got a great uh, uh shout out, Burned, and everybody at Pat's Ball, but for the opportunity, it's you know great great team over there and definitely on the uprise as far as Patriots media goes. It's 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 awesome. I know I know you feel a similar way too. So oh yeah.
2: Yeah, Pat's Pulpit is great over there. And just so you know a little bit about us, you know, we it's actually it's funny, Spags. We've actually never met in person. How about that? That's crazy. I know.
0: I know, man. That uh, is crazy.
2: We've never met in person. Spags uh is you know a, a great guy, great writer. Um, and you know, we both kind of joined Pat's pulpit uh fairly recently, I guess, and they kind of reached out and said, you know would you want to reach out to me and said, would you want to do a podcast? And I said, you know, that sounds great. And I'm like, I know exactly the guy I want to do it with. And, uh, we had had an awesome time last year and and so it's good. So I'm happy and you know, it's great. And so, you know, I think, uh, we both know our stuff. I'm a season ticket holder. I've been a season ticket holder since I was 16 years old, which was back in 2000. Don't judge me. Um, but, but, uh, but I've been a season ticket holder forever. I've been into most of the home games and, you know, been a Patriots fan my whole life. And and uh, so, you know, I'm just happy to be talking Patriots, to be honest with you. It's great. So I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to this year. As am I, Pat. Let's get rolling. All right, let's do it. So uh, our first ever interview, our first ever guest, we have Matt dullif and he is from 98.5 The Sports Hub. So let's get into that conversation right now. All right, so we're going to welcome onto the show our first guest, first ever guest, okay? Matt Dolliff. He's a writer for 98.5thesportshub.com. He writes football, but he also writes some basketball and some hockey and some baseball as well, obviously, with the World Series going on. Matt, welcome onto the show, my friend.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: Anytime, anytime. So I guess we'll get right into it. Obviously, it's a Patriots show. Um, what do you think so far? So, you know, so far in the season, obviously we're five and two. What do you think?
1: I mean, it's no surprise that they're five and two at this point. I mean, there was obviously a lot of worry going into the season. They didn't really uh, do a whole lot to change the roster. So, I mean, it was, it was hard to have uh too high of expectations considering all the, you know, the off field drama, which I tend to believe, but I mean, it might've been a little overblown. And obviously once you get into the football season, you can see that Tom Brady's still playing at a, a pretty high level. Bill Belichick still sort of knows what he's doing. And, you know, they have an AFC that's pretty down besides for, you know, maybe a small handful of teams. And, you know, it's it's they had their early season swoon. It tends to happen every year. And now they've, you know, ripped off four wins in a row. And it, it really hasn't been perfect over the winning streak. But, I mean, you know, I think it's, it's about where you expect them to be there. There's a good chance they end up, well, really good chance that they end up six and two at the halfway mark, and you know, in the, I don't know if they're in the driver's seat in the AFC, but you know, they do have the head-to-head advantage over Kansas City, so you know, we'll see how it goes from here. But I think they're, you know, well on their way to another, you know, twelve, thirteen win season, maybe eleven if they falter a little bit down the stretch. But you're going to see them with a bye. They're going to host the divisional round, and then you know, we'll, we'll go from there and see what
2: happens. Right. It's a good point. I mean, and that's something Spags and I were talking about off the air was, you know, that number one spot was so important. And the Kansas City game was so incredibly important, even though it was so early in the season, you know, really was that situation where if you lose that game, you know, you're way back. And there's almost no way you're going to catch Kansas City at this point. You can you have a decent shot at catching them. You know, you're only a game back and you have the tiebreaker. So if you guys finish with the same record, you know, all you really got to do is, you know, I mean, 13 and three is nothing to sneeze at, obviously, but if you finish 13 and three or 12 and four, you have a good shot. Whereas even if you had done 12 and four, you probably wouldn't have been able to catch Kansas City if you had lost that game.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, I, I, I still want to see what happens with Kansas City in the second half of the year because they, they always get off to this hot start. Once, you know, the, they once the calendar flips to
0: November, we all know that Andy Reid is known to choke. Once that, right after <laughs> Halloween, here it comes, so. I was yeah, exactly, I mean, that, let's, so. let's, yeah, yeah, I mean, let, let's see where they are at
1: Thanksgiving, but I mean, you know, I think the big difference with Kansas City this year is they have a, a really dynamic quarterback, that, That's which Alex Smith is not, and he was, you know, he had a good year last year, but it's really nothing compared to Patrick Mahomes, who's just playing absolutely out of his mind, and, you know, what impressed me about Mahomes is the way he's played under pressure, and the way he's battled back in the game, you, you saw it in Foxborough, and, he also did it in Denver, and, you know, the, the way he's playing, like, I don't want to – he's not, obviously not a rookie, but, like, like I want to see if he hits that, you know, so-called rookie wall because there are ways that – what you saw in the first half of the game against the Patriots, there are ways that you can slow him down. You can, use them, you can make them a little uncomfortable, and obviously things opened up in the second half there. But, I mean, yeah, I, I want to see how Kansas City's playing in the, in the second half of the season because I think you can reasonably expect that the Patriots are going to be playing their best football by December. And yeah, I mean, even if they end up with the same record, obviously the Patriots have the, the head-to-head advantage, and yeah, that's that's just huge because I I wouldn't have liked the Patriots' chances going into Arrowhead Stadium right. to beat that team. And now they they probably have to come here, which which you know, obviously they're they're probably going to score some points, which which is what it looks like uh, based on that last game. But you know, you got to like the Patriots against really anybody that that comes in
0: here in January. I yeah, agree. I'm looking what? at their schedule right now, too. And, they I mean, they still got some very tough games coming up. Um, you know, they, they they got Denver this week, obviously, at home. So, I mean, that's an advantage there. They got to go to the Rams. Uh, they also got the ba- uh, Baltimore home. They got Sa- uh, Los Angeles at home now, the Chargers. They go to Seattle, and they host the Raiders. They got to go to Oakland. So, I mean, if, if you're looking at the rest of the way there, I mean, I guess you could say the Browns is kind of a trap game. I mean, who knows if that team ever shows up. I, I don't even want to give the Browns too much credit. But the Rams right there, I mean, that can be a tough that, – that's a very, very tough game. I believe that's a Monday night game. And then, obviously, uh, the Chargers. They, I mean, they, they're they're hanging right in there at 5-2. and two. Um, And, I mean, in Baltimore, too. So, I mean, you could easily get two or three losses right there. I mean, the Patriots, like, we'll get into in a little bit. They, they got a tough schedule, too, coming up. And I mean, they got Minnesota, Green Bay. At Tennessee, at Pittsburgh, and at Miami are kind of those highlight games. Which it's kind of going to be a battle between those, you know, five or six games. Who can come out on top?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's going to come down to who can you know steal games on the road. Because, uh, like you said, they got to go to Los Angeles, which you know, I, don't, I wouldn't really like their chances. But I mean, if the Patriots aren't in the Super Bowl. I hope it's Chiefs Rams because that would be just an outrageous <laughs> display the of offense. But yeah, um, yeah, that that's going to be a fun game. Yeah, I, I, I like the Ravens. I mean, that their defense has played really well in spots. So I mean, they could give Kansas City trouble. I, I don't really give the Browns much of a shot against them, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, I, I hope Aaron Rodgers survives to that uh, Sunday night game
0: in New England because that's going to be we, fun. That's we've been begging before. for it. It's been it's been a while. I think the last time was right. twenty fourteen. No, he's never. Yeah, he's never I played just... here though. Not not in Foxborough, yeah, yeah. but yeah. when they battled in Lambeau, they, Rodgers right. ended up winning. I think that was what thirteen or fourteen. Maybe 14, 12, yeah, 2014 yeah. in Lambeau. That's
1: right. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers never played in Gillette Stadium, so that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Minnesota is a sneaky – going to be a sneaky, tough on. Maybe not sneaky, but they're going to be a tough opponent. They they don't look quite as good as they did last year, but, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Kirk Cousins and those weapons they have, so that's going to be a tough game. At Tennessee, could be a bit of a trap. You got you got some former Patriots there. You got uh, former Patriot and the coach, Mike Rabel. But – um. I think that by the time they go to Tennessee, you'll you'll see the defense playing a lot better. So,
2: I mean, um, if they lose, yeah, if it, they lose to Tennessee, I, I just I mean Tennessee lost to the Detroit Lions.
1: That's true. I'm
2: not ruling anything out. But the Detroit, thing about so. Tennessee, I, I think was it before last week. Tennessee had like two touchdowns and 45 offensive drives or something ridiculous like that. It was just yeah, it was embarrassing. Their offense is just yeah. anemic
1: offensively they're, they're not looking very great right now and yeah Mariota looks like he's, he's taking a step back unfortunately which he looked like he was taking a step forward the last couple of years but yeah Tennessee's not looking like uh, their offense is going to measure up to what their defense can do and I thought they were going to be a sneaky contender going into the year but it doesn't really look like it right now and, and no. I, I still think that's that's a bit of a trap just as the Patriots are going on the road and I right. think when you get once you get to that game the Patriots are going to be, you know, firing on all cylinders so to speak. And Which so, is true. Like, people are going you know. to give Tennessee no chance in that game. So, I mean that that's going to be a game that you know, it's, it could be a sneaky trap, but I mean, yeah, it's just going to come down to, you know, executing better than they have on the road, even even last week. And mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, they they definitely got to fix moving forward. They they looked a little better against Chicago, but uh you know, still a little sloppy, careless with the football. That's something that's, you know, a little concerning since we're getting to the halfway point of the season. But, you know, could they could still look like a completely different team in December. It happens almost every year with this team.
2: Right, right. I was – now, I don't know what your opinion what, – what your feelings were, but my heart, like, dropped when Sony went down like that awkwardly. I thought he was done for the year, just the way oh, he went too. down. Especially with the knees. Oh, yeah, it's and a, you know it's,
1: a, it's the same knee he injured before. So I mean, it, it was right. He, he can't blame anyone for thinking that
0: was that was it. What's up but, with these um, Georgia guys and knees? I mean, Malcolm Mitchell, Sonny Michelle. I mean, I mean, Gurley had an ACL there. Like it's it's. I mean, it's it might just be a weird coincidence, but it's like, come on, like. Yeah, loves I don't know. Georgia probably guys. a coincidence. Yeah, David, yeah, I mean, not that you know David Andrews had any problems, but he's. A, I mean, they got a fair share of Georgia guys on that team.
1: But David mm-hmm. Andrews probably played on a torn ACL for all of those oh, Yeah, psychos.
0: But, uh, I know, I know.
1: Yeah, no, Sonny Michelle's original torn ACL was in high school, so, I mean, that he has knee problems going way back to, like, was basically the beginning of his football career, which is, you know, it's it's, it's going to be a concern for, I mean, probably as long as he plays. I mean, he had the, the procedure in August to uh, drain fluid, basically missed the whole preseason, and unfortunately, he had the injury to Jeremy Hill, who was looking pretty good in that season opener, and. Just a tough break there for him. It looked like yeah. he was gonna be a good value and play really well. But uh, you know, they had to force Michelle into the lineup basically, get him up to speed real quick. And uh yeah, for a couple of weeks it looked like they were just feeding the feeding him the ball whenever he was on the field and that didn't that sort of hurt the offense ultimately because they became pretty predictable. But uh yeah, no, it's obviously a huge sigh of relief. I, I think it was Jim McBride who reported that he might only miss a week or two. And oh. uh I, I'm not looking at the schedule right now, but I want to say they have a bye after a couple of weeks, so he, he'll he'll get a few weeks off.
2: Yeah, so they I, I don't think
1: they they definitely don't need Sony Michelle to beat the Bills. I, that's, I think You've that's that. for certain. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it's unfortunate because he was looking really good. You know, I I, I really like the way he plays. I thought he's the, the right kind of back for the Patriots. Who what they really want out of their their power backs, really down backs is just. You know, follow the blockers, look for the holes, find the openings where you can get them, and just attack. You know, they're not they're not looking for any kind of like flashy plays out of their their early down back, and they just want you to run with power and run decisively. And that's sort of the kind of player Sony Michelle is. So I mean, you just gotta hope that that knee heals up, and it's it really. That, I mean, there's no structural damage according to the report, so that's good. So um, right. You know, hopefully he just heals up and in a few weeks get back to, you know, doing what they were doing.
2: Right. No, I agree. And it, so they do have they have three more games before the bye. It's, it's Monday night against Buffalo. Then they're home against uh, Green Bay on Sunday night. And then they go to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then they're on the bye the week after Tennessee. To me, you know, and I don't know. Obviously, you don't know what his, what his knee look like and what the healing process is like. But to me, I just look at it and say, just sit him out those three weeks. You give him then the yep. bye week. And then he's got plenty of time to get ready after that. There's no reason to rush him back at all. It's just you know, I mean, yeah, you want him, obviously, but it's like, it is what it is, you know. And then you have Barner
0: there, and you have some guys. That can I, run I'm, the ball, I'm a big so. not to cut you off, Pat, but I'm a, I, I I like Kenyon Barner. I think he, you know, he runs hard. He's had to. I mean, he came in late in the game. I think he had 10 carries for around 53 yards on Sunday. I mean, when they brought him in, it was mostly as that punt return because they really didn't have anyone those first four with Edelman out. But I'm I'm interested to see him going forward because I think you know he's a little bit of a shifty back he's he's a bigger power runner but he he's got some shiftiness to him i think you know obviously they they can't they can't afford to lose james white so they got to have somebody there to take the load off of him because if you lose yeah. him it's it's just, it's scary you know you
1: can't yeah i mean you can't run james white between the tackles too much he's he's not particularly effective with those kinds of plays anyway so, i mean i think you might see them make a trade for a like a just a power back so when they can run between the tackles on the early down yeah so they don't have to do that with James White but um yeah I mean like going back to the schedule I I, I don't think they need Sony Michelle to beat the Titans either as much as I thought that game might be a trap I I just don't think you need a, a rookie who's you know he, he just doesn't have that much experience he, I don't think he's he's going to be too important of a player right. in the in the regular season I think you just want to you know make sure he's fresh for the playoff run and uh yeah and Barner I I tend to agree Ryan that he looked pretty good I thought he, he's He's never been like a you know a traditional running back. He's obviously a bit more of a return guy. But uh, I thought they had some really good play designs for him. There was one play I did a film review of the, of the Bears game, which you can read on ninety eight five sportsup dot com. And uh, they they had a, a really good play design for him where they you know they just pitched back to him and he got he had a huge opening in between the, you know the end of the line and just the edge. And I think it was Shaq Mason who just barely couldn't make a block and if he if he didn't make that block Ben Barner has an easy you know 20 yard touchdown or whatever it was you can see you could just see on the film that like he had a huge opening ahead of him so I mean it's not necessarily that Barner's going to light the world on fire all by himself I just think that Josh McDaniels really knows what he's doing in in the run game and I think they're just gonna you know they're gonna keep running sort of plays like that that sort of function similarly to a, to a punt return where you know he will just you know, read the blocks in front of him and find the opening, and just you know, just explode through uh, the opening where you can find him. So I mean, right. I think Barner could be could be uh, you know pretty solid in like a reserve role, like just you know, give him some carries just to spell White. And you know, I, I think he'll be pretty solid. I think he he might have a sneaky good game against the Bills. We'll we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think for now you can you can roll with with Barner and White. And right. I, I see Brady, I see Tom Brady throwing the ball 50 times anyway against the Bills. And uh, and I see him throwing a a ton against uh, the Packers, too. So, I mean, we'll see what the team looks like three weeks from now. But, you know, I think they'll be okay in the running game for now.
2: Yeah. It's almost a secondary thing. It's almost like you you pass to set up the run with the Patriots because, you know, Brady's obviously the leader of the team. You know, the offense runs through him. So you're not running the ball a ton I mean, you know, even when they run it a lot, it's like a lot of it is set up and predicated by pass sets and everything like that. And so that was one of the things I like about Michelle is that when you stack the box with a bunch of guys, you know, and you put in two or three tight ends and you put in the fullback and you handed it to him, he was picking up, you know, two or three yards. And, you know, sometimes it's just falling forward, but it's like when you need to pick up a third and one, you need to be able to get a third and one and, Recently, in the last few weeks, he had been able to do that, which was good to see because I think they haven't had a back like that in a while, Um, certainly since the Garrett Blunt, I didn't think. And so even when Blunt was here, you know, Blunt's a physical guy, but he's not that guy. You know, he takes a long time to get going. So Mm -hmm. uh, I I liked what I saw. No, yeah, I liked what I saw,
1: saw too. And uh, yeah, those third and one plays, that's almost sort of like how Bill Belichick coaches it. You know, if it's third and one and we're handing you the ball, just get the yard. You know, just, just ball right. forward so we can, you know, get a fresh set of downs and get the ball back in Tom's hand and have him do what he does. So, yeah, he's he's, he's definitely been way more effective in those in those uh, kinds of plays in the last couple of weeks. The Colts game, he uh, punched one through for, on the goal line, and that's why I asked him about it after the game. I, I, I tried, like, three games in a row to, to get him to, like, talk about himself, but. Sony's been, uh, he's, he's like the ultimate Patriot. He's been really good at just, you know, giving a lot of credit to the offensive line for uh, the blocking they're doing in front of him, And they deserve a lot of credit. That, that, yeah. I think besides maybe James White, they, they've they been the, the most like consistently outstanding group of players, at least over the course of this win streak. You know, the, like nobody played well in Detroit, but since that game, the right. you know, offensive line has been excellent. Like the blocking up front has been unbelievable. And, you know, Sony's just, just following their lead really. But uh, well, that's, but yeah, you, you can see it. You can see it compared to other backs they've had, once and, and you know Ben Jarvis, He he clearly has more burst and more power than those guys. So right, you know, I just right. I just really hope the knee turns out okay in a few weeks, and you know, he can come back and do does. And like you said, they're they're probably going to end up by the end of the season. They'll be passing to set up the run. will be games where they're you know up big and they're just handing the ball to Sony Michel and he's wearing the defense down. So I mean, you know, hopefully that hopefully it works out that way. But uh. Yeah, no, I've been impressed with him so far. I mean, I'm glad that, glad that he's working out because you know they he, they took him in the first round. It's right. It was a I thought a pretty high spot to take a running back, and so like yeah. you know it might have been the only place they could have taken him because uh, I think it was on Johnson went like ten or twelve picks later.
2: So right, but um, no, I agree
1: yeah, I mean, I'm just glad that he's worked out when he's been on the field.
2: Right. Well, and it's interesting you um. You mentioned the offensive line, and I think the you know, the one thing about the offensive line that I thought was interesting was, you know, Nate Solder has been awful in in New York, which is surprising, but he's been awful. And I was surprised that the offensive line has played so well. I mean, I'm happy with the way Trent Brown has played. Trent Brown is putrid in space. Like he he's not I can't tell you how many times, you know, he they've ran like a screenplay or a toss, and he tries to get out front. And he just, for the life of him, cannot block like a corner or a safety. It's brutal to watch. But yeah, I mean, he I mean, is 400 pounds. Like he doesn't move that fast, <laughs> which makes sense. But it's still like sometimes I'm just like, just pancake the guy. He's right in front of you. You know, it's just oh, it's brutal. Right. Yeah, he's he's
1: he's clearly more effective when he's just when he's just straight up pass blocking on the edge. and He absolutely dominated Khalil Mack in that Bears game. Which I don't I don't know if you, how much you noticed, but <laughs> Khalil Mack was basically invisible and. A lot of that I mean half the time they dropped him back into coverage. So I mean the coaches sort of failed Khalil Mack there, I thought. But uh kind of stupid. whenever yeah. whenever he was lined up on the edge trying to get to Tom Brady, he, he had this giant six foot nine, three hundred eighty pound wall in front of him and you know, that's that's what's impressed me about Trent Brown. Yeah, it's it's he's not it's not advantageous to get him out like running out side to side, you know, plays like that. But um which I thought Solder was better at that, but uh yeah, obviously Solder looks like he's taking a step back with the Giants. That that could also be a coaching problem. I don't there's not a lot going well in New York right now. So, I mean no, I don't know if not. A left tackle can really solve many of those problems. But um yeah, going into the season, I I thought left tackle was, was gonna be like the biggest question mark. Like how are they gonna replace Nate Solder?
2: For sure. Print yeah.
1: Brown from day one as you know, he's he's he hasn't been perfect but he's been he's been pretty reliable. You know, he 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 looked really good last week and you know, hopefully he does the, the typical Patriot thing and you know, he just he's Gets better as the season goes along, and I think the most important thing is his pass protection for sure.
2: And he right. he, he hasn't been
1: perfect, you know, in the the plays where they got to run out to the edge. But you know, as long as he's as long as he's matched up against guys like Khalil Mack, and he could and he could dominate those one on one matchups. That's that's the most important thing to me with him.
2: Right, I agree. All right, so I do want to. We are about halfway through the season, so I did wanted to get into just. I wanted to. Uh, we'll go kind of around here, and we'll start with you, Matt. But um, looking for the most surprising player from you this year or for you this year, I should say, and the biggest underachiever for you this year.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about Trent Brown. So I mean, I I guess you could say he's the most surprising player because you really didn't know what he was going to be. Like there was a chance he could have turned out to be nothing because like, you know, it's not like that he was guaranteed to be the left tackle. They drafted a kid that Isaiah Wynn looked like he could have been the left tackle. Right, but um, I think I'll go. With, I'll 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 say James White. You know, I'm not, not that I'm surprised that he's playing well, but he's been one of the most productive players in the entire league, at, at least in the passing game. He, he especially in the red zone. He's tied right. the league lead with touchdowns inside the red zone. He's got six touchdowns from inside the twenty. I think it's him and Devontae Adams at the very top of the league, and
2: That's he's up there.
1: I think he's third in the league and catches in the red zone behind. Uh, the two Saints guys, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. So, I mean, right. like he's he's been that kind of weapon. And, yeah, he's uh, I wrote about this today. Yeah, I wrote about this today for the Sports of How how big of a weapon he's been in the red zone, and I tried to ask him about it. And, he, and he's the same way as Sonny Michelle. He'll mm. he'll just give credit to the whole team, which is which is true. I mean, they they've had great play designs, but I mean, it's uh, to me it's unbelievable that in a year where Rob Gronkowski he literally has zero catches inside the red zone. He has one touchdown this year and zero catches inside the red zone. So I mean, but the fact that they've just been able to chug right along and be basically the same kind of offense in the red zone. That's, that's thanks to James White. Like the way he, he just executes every play. You barely ever see him. Like Tom Brady himself said, it. like, he never makes a mistake. And seems like he always catches the ball. Like, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen him drop a, a pass. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's right. unbelievable how, how consistent he is. And like, He's just always this guy that he'll never wow you with speed or you know explosiveness or anything like that. But he just gets in the right spot and he catches the yep. ball and you know executes the play. But and the uh, first guy, it's, it's, I feel like the first
2: guy never tackles him either. It's crazy.
1: That's yeah. He's he's been. He, I think he's he's made a leap forward this year and that. Like he's made a lot of guys miss right when he makes the catch. You know, the first guy, like the, the usually when he runs between the tackles, he gets wrapped up pretty quickly. And if you're if you're a strong enough tackler, you can you can wrap him up if you're close enough. Put him. Um, yeah, he's been he's been really good just with that first step making a guy miss, and he does, he did it in Chicago on one of his touchdowns. He he, I mean the, I think he was matched up against a defensive end. I think it was Leonard Floyd, but I mean still right. he, the, yep. the big guy he's going up against that could easily wrap him up. Yeah,
0: but he, exactly. he completely
1: juked him, and yeah, it's he's been unbelievable. He, he's to me he's he's the big surprise just at how he's become like the weapon in this offense, even more than Julian Edelman. Like Julian Edelman's back. But it's Tom Brady's still right. looking at James White really more than anybody. Yeah. So I mean,
2: to me, he's the That's big true.
1: surprise. And uh, you wanted an underachiever too?
2: Please, yes, yep.
1: Yeah, so I think for my pick for underachiever, I'd say Adrian Claiborne, um, Like mm. the, the defense as a whole is to me is like I'm still a little concerned because they're not. Could definitely agree with they're not that. Really one. getting much better. They're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not really getting much better yet. I mean, we're. We still have plenty of football left to play. We're not. We're still a few weeks away from Thanksgiving, which is Bill Belichick's favorite benchmark. But um, yeah, yeah. Like they, they were the Chicago left plays on the field because Mitch Trubisky played absolutely terrible when he, when he, when he was in the uh, passing right. situations. He yeah. he threw the ball really poorly. He missed a lot of open receivers. But uh, in terms of the pressure, I mean, I think I think the pass rush has been. Uh, Decent. Like they they've had their moments. Like obviously week one against Houston, they were outstanding. Uh they had they had they made some mm. the plays against Chicago. Claiborne did get his first sack of the season in that game. But I mean it was late in the game. I think they were up two touchdowns at the time. No, but you know it sort of turned them loose. But this this is, made me Claiborne made was me. supposed to be I'm sorry. Oh, go, ahead,
2: go
1: ahead. Go ahead. Uh yeah, because it's just Claiborne was supposed to be like technically their big free agent acquisition. Like I know he's the only Right. It's only a two-year deal for like you know ten or twelve million something like that. But he was supposed to be like I thought he was going to be an anchor on the defensive line. Like he's a he's a veteran guy. Uh, he's a good he's 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 always been a good pass rusher. But I mean the fact that it took up to week seven to get a sack is is a little concerning. And and it's not all about sacks with this defense. It's it's really more about like pushing the pocket back and just you know rushing guys into making poor decisions. But um,
2: I mean, even
1: that. He, he's he made me really scream. Made of noise.
2: Right, he's yeah, made he's, me scream at the TV like ten times. He has yeah. no lane discipline whatsoever, and he just that's runs by get the back, quarterback. Yeah. It's like, what the heck, dude? It's it kills me. <laughs> yeah, oh. I don't
1: know. That's another. That's the other thing with him. I, I honestly like as much as like you want to see them get more pressure on the quarterback. It's it's really like I think the edge control has been the real issue with the uh, with the defensive line. That that especially with Claiborne, there's been a lot of plays where he just completely over pursued. you saw it against Jacksonville, where uh, he 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 like completely over pursued against Blake Bortles, and Blake Bortles was able to just take off, no problem. And like you can't do that against a, a quarterback who can run. And like you saw it with Mitch Kibrisky, and like as bad as he was throwing the ball, he, he completely gassed them running the ball. It was unbelievable I was, he was able to elude so many guys, and like, yeah, there's just there's been too many plays where he's just been caught way in the backfield, and you're just you're just useless when when you're in that spot. And I think someone asked Bill Belichick about it earlier in the season, and Bill said something like, I don't know if he was taking a shot at Claiborne, but he was just saying like, well, you know what what's fundamentally why would you ever want to be behind the quarterback? You know, like and there's right. there's just been too many plays where he's gotten behind the quarterback, and there's really nothing he could do.
2: No. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully,
1: he can build off. Hopefully, he can build off that first sack. He's, he's definitely had his moments. You just you just hope for more consistency from him because this is a this is the veteran of the group, really, on on the defensive line. He was supposed to be like one of their more consistent guys out there. Because now he, he, they they're kind of afraid to play Dietrich Wise too much in like an edge setting role because he, he hasn't really shown much progress in that department yet either, and he's only in his second year. He's, right. he's good he's a good pass rusher but a pass
2: rusher he's not, he right hasn't
1: yeah. hasn't been as great at setting the edge and yeah, Trey Flowers has, has been I think probably their best defensive player besides Stephon Gilmore this year He's he's been really good but um mm. yeah as, as far as an underachiever I think Clayborns a guy that you, you look at that hopefully he can get better over the second half of the season or else you know they might have to make a move at the deadline bring another edge guy in a guy who can you know have a little more discipline in those situations and um. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully Clayborne can figure it out. He is a veteran guy, so I mean, right? You know, hopefully, he can, so we'll see.
2: He can right? Pick we'll it know. up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Those are two good ones. I think uh, I think those are solid ones. So Spags, what about you? Most surprising and, and underachiever. So my most surprising might
0: you know it might not surprise a lot of people, but I I know we touched upon it a little bit earlier in the interview, but I, I'd have to say Sonny Michelle just because of a guy who you know, like we said, he missed all of you know. Basically all of training camp, all of preseason games, and by the way, rookie... Spags,
2: Spags, I don't mean to interrupt you. Are you doing that on purpose? The Sonny the Sonny Michelle. Are you pulling him? Are you pulling Mike Felger right now?
0: No, I'm not. I'm really not. I think it's surprising <laughs>
2: because I got that, that.
0: It's not
2: Sonny Michael. It's Sony Michelle. Come on, Spags. I, I said Sonny Get Michelle. together. Sonny. Didn't I? Sony Sonny like TV like video here. Oh,
0: Sony Michelle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do say his name, right. If I did, it's, it's because of uh, exhausted, but I'll go on. You know, he's a first round pick that, you know, missed all of training camp and preseason. And as a rookie, I mean, they, they value that a lot. I mean, you saw like in hard knocks and everything with Baker Mayfield, like it, it that th- that's a big thing. And it's a big jump, even though those are meaningless games and you know, those dog days at camp, that's where they really, you know, the conditioning comes in and they, they figured out, he didn't do any of that. I mean, obviously he's probably working on the side and all that, mm-hmm. but for a guy to step in, and I mean, even that game where Felger and I mean well, Maserati had that famous, you know, he sucks, he blows. He actually wasn't even right. that bad. Like I think he had like 16 carries for 60 yards or something. I, I'm just going off the top of my head, but ever since then, he's he's been insane. I mean, he was so valuable that offense during that, you know, when they right after the Detroit game where he kind of carried them. And I think losing him, obviously, they're going to be fine for these next couple games. I think they can win games without him. But he's very valuable in that offense and it's, it's surprising in the role and the and the and you know the impact he's had this early into his career. And I'd say for underachiever, I, I'd have to say Danny Shelton, just because you know, getting him in the offseason, um, you know, I believe he's the first first uh former first over uh first round pick. Mm-hmm. And yep. you know, he's heard a lot about how great he is against the run and you know, team him up with, like you said, Claiborne, who hasn't been great and Lawrence guy, who I think kind of goes under the radar, he's done a pretty good job this year. It was great last year. You know, all the talk coming in was how great their front seven was going to be, and a lot of that was because of the acquisitions. And you know, one of those names was Danny Shelton. I, I I know he's been better in the past weeks, but he hasn't really lived up to the expectations that you know everyone portrayed him as coming in.
2: I would agree. I mean, yeah, he's, he's I think been pretty vo-
0: inconsistent.
2: Yeah, I think those are two good ones. I mean, you know, again. I, I think the Michelle one is good because it's just, yeah, like you say, first round pick, but I mean, nobody expected that out of a first round pick. I mean, I said it right from the jump. I'm like, hey, he's a first round pick, but he's a running back. Like we're not going to get a ton out of him. And he's looked solid you know, until we can come back healthy and he looks the same. But, and the Shelton one I agree with, it's funny because we're all, we're all going D line for our underachiever. So I'm kind of burying the lead there, but I'm going to go with most surprising first. Uh, I have Josh Gordon because to me, the Gordon one, uh, I mean, what you we got him in and it was like, let's just get him to the facility. Let's just have him play the game and we'll see what happens, you know. And so right. and I think he's been he's been a force on offense. He's been running a lot of different routes, he's been making some, you know, some athletic catches, which is good. Now he's also dropped a few passes, which isn't good to see. Um, but you know, when he's had the opportunity to make some really good catches, he's made some really strong catches. Uh, That catch against the chiefs was ridiculous where his, you know, helmet went flying off and he caught it while getting tackled. It was unbelievable. So, um, so I think that, you know, seeing plays like that from him is, is great. And once we're back to full speed, you know, once Gronk is fully healthy um, and, you know, Edelman's kind of back into the offense and everything else is kind of clicking, it's going to be scary. If Gordon can stay, you know, in the right frame of mind, um, you know, come playoff time. So, and then. I'm still
1: waiting waiting for, sorry, I'm still waiting for uh, Gordon to take that slant all the way to the house. I know. Come close. It might, maybe it happens against the bill. We'll see. It's coming. I think it's coming.
2: So, and then uh, underachiever, I'm going to go with Derek Rivers because to me, Rivers is, um, you know, I heard a lot of good things about him last year. And obviously he gets hurt now for the year. And then people were talking him up this year and he's just been a ghost. He was, you know, he didn't play a few games, uh, coach decision wise, you know, and it's just, and and when he's out there, he does nothing. And it's just, it's surprising because I thought he was that hybrid type guy, like Trey flowers, where he could set the edge and get after the passer. And we've seen nothing from him. So maybe he's still hurt from last year. I don't know, but, uh, you know, I, I haven't been impressed from what I've seen. So he's definitely my underachiever of the year. I thought, like you said, I mean, front seven should have been nasty. And, you know, they haven't been great. They've underachieved for sure. You know, Flowers has still been great. I think Lawrence Guy is solid. Um, but beyond that, we haven't gotten much out of our – out of our at least the defensive line.
1: Yeah, I, so that's tend to I agree. I mean, Lawrence Guy has been, I think, uh, one of their most consistent defenders. Like, he's never going to be, like, an, one of these elite guys. So, I mean, for what he is, I think he's been really good.
0: Right.
1: Um, yeah, Shelton's been, you know, inconsistent It's The run defense hasn't been what you thought it was going to be So, I mean, that's a good pick for, like, an underachiever and, oh, Yeah, Derek and, Rivers, and, to me, it's, it's like he's basically a rookie Because, you know, he missed an entire rookie year just right. an ACL, He tore his ACL in training camp So, I mean, he's basically being redshirted is what it feels like And I think he just has a lot of technique things to work on And, like, you, there's there's ways that you can beat him physically Like, that just that teams can pick on So, I mean I just feel like uh you know maybe they're not going to like give up on him too quickly. I think maybe next year you'll see more out of him. Maybe you'll see more out of him in the second half of the season. I don't know. We'll see. There might be a situation where they have to force him in the lineup, but um right. Yeah, I know for for their top draft pick that year. You know, it's surprising that he's had trouble even like getting on the field, with, especially with the way that like they haven't really had a consistent pass rush and yeah if that's like the one thing you thought he could do right away is rush the passer and that's you know that hasn't really
2: materialized hasn't yet been there yeah i agree so so we'll see And shelton's i mean we traded a third round pick to get shelton so clearly the the you know the patriots thought very highly yeah league. definitely and, and valued yeah. him high so so yeah all right i, th- I think that does it my friend uh matt before you leave why don't you, you know, plug yourself, you know, tell the people where they can find you and, and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Sure. You
1: can find me on 98, five, the sports com. Go to the Patriots team page. You'll see plenty of my work there. You'll see plenty on the Bruins page. Uh, I've been covering the world series and uh, you know maybe they'll close it out this weekend. So that'll be fun. Uh, you can, yeah, you can find me on it. Twitter at Matt Dollis, That's D O L L O F F. I've uh, started a new uh, video series where, uh, you might hear a familiar voice in there from uh, two to six on the Sports Hub. So people seem to like that. So I guess those are going to keep coming. And uh, those you
2: know, videos, those videos are are just absolutely amazing. They're just amazing,
1: <laughs> dude. I've listened to way too much vulgar maz over the years. I've been with the like the parent company of the Sports Hub since 2010. I mean, I basically okay. had them on almost every day. Like I have their stick down to a T. So I mean,
2: right? I, no, I, it just, if, not-
1: if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'll make the people go to Twitter to hear what they're what I'm talking.
2: That's about. fine. Totally fine. Yep, it was good though. It's 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 worth it. It's worth it. It's great. So, uh, you know, and it didn't. It wasn't just one video because one video was like, whoa. And then and then they keep coming, and I'm like, this is good. You know. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, it's 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 good. yep. It's really good. So thank you, but not you know. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, thank you, know, you, Matt. A lot of fun. You go down in the annals as our as our first guest ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. hope You, know, you can tell your grandkids about it someday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, thanks yeah, again, it's, man. It's, I appreciate it. it.
1: Thank you, guys. This was fun.
2: Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear it. we'll have to maybe we'll do it again sometime.
1: Awesome. Yeah, definitely.
2: All right. So big thanks to Matt for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun with that. Again, he's our first guest, so we're gonna have more Uh, coming on, but he was a a great first guest to have. So really appreciate him coming. And we're going to get into a few segments here. The first segment is something kind of interesting. Stick with us here. It sounds a little crazy, but that's okay. Stick with us. We're doing up high, down low, too slow. You remember the high five game when you were a little kid? Up high, down low, too slow. Uh So we got five up, five down, and somebody that was too slow. So let's start with the ups. Uh, I guess we'll just maybe go back and forth here. I think the, the the most obvious one is James White. The guy's been oh, an absolute monster. Unbelievable,
0: Pat. He's unreal. I mean, his coming out party was obviously Super Bowl 51, where he was, you know, dating back. You were like, no one can ever do what Shane Vereen did in Super Bowl 49. And James White came out and just destroyed everything. I mean, he was yeah. crazy then, and he's been unbelievable. And, you know, they call Edelman Mr. Reliable, but it's crazy, man. Like, he's slowly and but surely coming, becoming Tom Brady's go-to guy on third downs. You know, when he, when he needs a big play, he, he finds 28. And he's he's been incredible, man. I mean, I think, you know, out of the backfield, he could even make it work out of the slot. Like, I mean, not that he gets a lot of routes there, but if he was given the opportunity, I feel like he'd do it there. He's he's the true patriot, man. And I love seeing a guy like that because he works hard. He's a patriot, you know, keeps his mouth shut. Just a good guy. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome to see him have the success he's yeah. been having. Fourth-round pick, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's really great. And we're going to have a, an interesting discussion uh, in a few minutes about him uh, after this segment. So white is great. Next, next up is Trent Brown. Uh, Trent Brown dominated uh, Khalil. Once Matt again, once again, Sunday, he really did. He just, he dominated. And I talked, talked a little bit about Matt and I, you know, I was saying, I hate him in space in space. He's, he's slow and can't. yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yep. You know, like huge. But he's, he's been a phenomenal pass blocker. And honestly, from your left tackle, I don't care if he can move in space.
0: I want him to be Tom Brady can get rid of that. that. He can get rid of the ball so fast. Just just don't let him get a step on you. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep,
2: exactly. So Brown's been solid this year. Uh, it's interesting because they're in a similar situation as last year. I know Tony Garcia, obviously they ended, they ended up cutting him and, and whatever. But I'm concerned because when I thought was going to push for left tackle, now – you know with the Achilles he's done and he's not going to play and Trent Brown's on the final year of his contract he's a left tackle that's been phenomenal this year he's going to get paid next year and the problem is that you don't know how good um how good Win is going to be in that spot and so that's the real issue that I have is you know what's Win going to look like when he gets into that spot and so we'll see what happens but you know but for right now Trent Brown has been just dominant. So he's got to be on there. And again, going up against Khalil Mack and everyone's like, oh, Khalil Mack's unbelievable this and that. And he was a ghost on Sunday. And, you know, again, most of that was thanks to Trent Brown. All right, so next on the list is Donta Hightower, who won special teams player of the week, if you can believe that.
0: Yeah, Uh, Pat, I mean, he's just a guy like, obviously they missed him in the center of defense last year. And I think, if he was healthy, he would have helped mightily in that Super Bowl versus Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and he kind of had a tough, you know, rough start. He almost looked out of out of shape almost, you know, wasn't up to game speed. He, lo- he was probably the worst I'd ever seen him in that Detroit game. He just, yeah, he was brutal, slow. man. Side to, you know, sideline to sideline. Vertically, he couldn't do anything right. Couldn't get to the quarterback. And, you know, I think that's big for him this week. Obviously, he came off that block punt, but it looks like he's got that step back. You know, obviously, that's a big confidence booster. I saw, you know, those locker room videos. A lot of the guys were giving him a lot of props. So, yeah. you know, I mean, we know the caliber of play this guy can, you know, compete at. And, and getting him back in the center of that defense is is will help them mightily, especially when, you know, you got to win a big game versus, you know, Kansas City, Baltimore, you know, down the stretch. He's going to be that X factor in the middle of that defense.
2: Right. Agreed. And it's funny because I love Bentley, love Bentley. Oh, I love like yeah. When, yeah. when Bentley went down, the defense really improved. And I think part of that reason is because Hightower is in the spot that he's in now. I think on the outside, he's just a little bit too slow, but inside he's a beast. And so, um, you know, we're lucky to have him. He's a monster. So uh, next up, Jonathan Jones. Um, I thought Jones kind of came in, played very well. As that third, you know, second slash third corner, he's a guy that I feel like if he had been healthy for the Super Bowl, that they would have won. I know everyone talks about Malcolm Butler and you can keep doing it and whatever, but if Jonathan Jones had been healthy for that Super Bowl, I think they win because he had been good. And I think he's a good player who's just kind of getting his feet under him again. He makes and, plays, uh, Pat. I'm he excited does. About it. Yeah, and you know, you know, I've been
0: I've been huge on him since training camp. I, I know I've mentioned it to you a couple of times, but I yep. people who follow me know. You know, I've, I've tweeted about. It. I think he's a great. He's good in the slot too. You know that that pick was a, that was a huge play in that game. Right. Um. You know, and it's going to be weird to you know if Roe comes back and if he can. I mean, I'm not a big Eric Rowe guy. I thought he did great on Julio in the Super Bowl a couple of years. He was terrible last year, but it's going to be interesting who can slide in that number two corner role behind Gilmore when you know it's crunch time. Right. And Jones keeps making these plays. I mean, he's a little bit of an undersized corner, but he's got the speed to compete with these, you know, you know, number two receivers. You know, so I mean I've been I've been big on him and he he's he's definitely proved, you know, done done pretty well and proved, you know, there's a lot of doubters out there in him, but I think, you know, the like you said, the more he gets his feet wet, the more he can help his defense in the secondary. Cause they need help. I agree. I agree. Now
2: I think Roe was better in the Super Bowl than than people give him credit for last year. Uh, obviously had that throw with Jeffrey, but that was ridiculous. Oh, it
0: was an unbelievable and I, throw and catch. Crazy you know, and I,
2: I thought he got a bad rap for that Super Bowl. I thought he played pretty well. The defense as a whole played awful. But, you know, that's one of those things with Jones where it's like, if he can play the outside as well, now you have that position flexibility where he can play the outside or the slot. And if Rowe is going and if Gilmore has been the way he's been all year, which is just locked down, shut down defense, then you look at it and say – like you know with Jones in the slot and Rowe outside and Gilmore on the other side that's that's a formidable trio so um so we'll see but the last of our ups here is Cordarrell Patterson uh man is he fast he uh, can fly I man think he hit he hit almost 21 miles an hour on that on that kick return uh and you, you saw know, him in got the room, to too. see you.
0: He, he um he said in the locker room, you know, he's very hard on himself. He said, I pride myself on being the best kick returner in the league. You know, when I fumble, I don't right. do that. You know, I, I want to make up for myself. And he's like, I'm still pissed at myself. You know, basically like, you know, kind of paraphrasing here. But, you know, you like to see a player like that right. take accountability. And, and you know, he definitely made up for it. That was a huge play in that game. Special teams won them the game. Absolutely. Someday. You know, they without did. the special teams, they did. You know.
2: Right. Right, and that's I mean that's a hundred percent. You know, they had two return, uh, two return touchdowns, both on special teams, and they haven't had that for a long time. And so if long they can start time. doing that again. That's that's good to see. And also, you know, we talk about Jones, and and we'll get to J.C. Jackson in a minute. But but to have guys that are playmakers on defense, they haven't had those guys in a while. And if you know you get guys with ball skills that will fight receivers for the ball and make plays on them. Those are the types of plays that change the game. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. But, but uh, you know, Patterson adding to that special teams is huge. And the movie made on that guy was sick to just, oh, you know, kind that of stop. Cut that, yeah. And jump in the it, was, it was fantastic. So, uh, but let's get into the five down. Okay. The, the uh, down low. We're going to start with Cordell Patterson because that play was so bad. I don't think I've ever seen. A fumble, Pat. where the guy just runs into the back of his of his of his guy blocking, and the ball pops in the air. It's like what uh, are, what's going on?
0: Here? You haven't seen that? Can you remember Thanksgiving? Probably like oh, seven geez. years ago now. I know we don't want to talk about that, but it was kind of similar. Pat, I, I was literally watching the game. I got off on my couch, went to the bathroom, think I grabbed something out of the fridge. Come back, it's it was like what? What? what, what? I didn't even yeah. see it. I had to watch the replay, but. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, he made up for it. But, yeah, butt fumble. Big time Mark Sanchez move there.
2: Yeah, it wasn't good. Actually, you know what's funny is that I believe it was after, right after the butt fumble. Was it right after or right before the butt fumble? uh, The Jets did the same thing. Guy got hit, ball popped in the air, and Edelman actually caught it in the air and ran it back for a touchdown. And it was like three. They had scored. They scored, like, basically three plays in a row. It was like ridiculous. They scored 21 points in, like. 42 seconds or something ridiculous like that. So um, that was wild. So Patterson's number one. Number two is Jason McCourty. Um, he's again. been all over the place. Slow. You know, yeah. He's, you know, he's had a few decent games, and he's had a few really bad games, and he did not look good on Sunday. And slow is the biggest one. I mean, he's just slow. You know, you know he knows where he's supposed to be. He just can't get there. So that's frustrating. That's a frustrating one. Uh, and then I guess we'll go. We'll go front with the front seven. The whole front seven was just was not.
0: I mean, if you think about it too, if they if they friggin' you know, you know, if they forced Mitchell Trubisky to just throw, if they kind of took a similar attack to what they've done with, in the past, you know, with Watson and everyone, just don't let them use their legs. They would have been fine in that game. I think they win that game by three touchdowns, but they just right. couldn't contain him. I mean, he he can move, but he's no Mike Vick. He's no. no. I think Patrick Mahomes is more of an athlete than him. You know they made him look great, and I mean, you know they saw you saw them make him force to throw the ball a couple times, and we had two big picks. You know right. what I mean? So they, they I mean they just slow that front seven's been slow this year, and that's where it gets nerve wracking. You know when you got to beat a team like I mean Houston's uh, earlier on your show when you had the weekend warrior, I picked them to win the South. I mean they, right. they look great; they've won four in a row, I believe. So you got to face Watson, Mahomes. They they got to figure it out and get some speed up there because they they're gonna get killed.
2: Yeah. And it's really – I mean, it's – with y you know, specifically, I think he hadn't completed a pass yet. And they had, like, three first downs. And it was all just from him running on pass plays. Yep. That's unacceptable, And it's happened all year long. And, you know, that but lane discipline is something that's been breaking down a lot. And they can't have that happen consistently. And so, uh, you know, it's something they definitely have to fix. And like you say, speed is is definitely an issue there. So – um, so that's, that's number three, number four is JC Jackson. And, and, and I want to have a little bit of a conversation about this one. Cause I didn't think he played that bad. A lot of people got on him. He had a great interception. Um, but you know, to me, it was just, it was too much. Like he, he got beat a few times. He had a few penalties, three penalties. I think I thought two of them, at least one of them was, was garbage, but nevertheless, um, you know, yeah, it just – I didn't love it. I didn't love it. So, uh, J.C. Jackson is is a, is a down here. To me, again, it's one of those things where I look at it and say, you know, the interception was fantastic and he had a few nice plays. But, you know, I still would have liked to see more from him.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, he kept that streak alive in training camp with those undrafted free agents yep. coming in, making the team. And, I yep. mean, he's kind of been thrown into the fire a couple times. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll see. A lot of people said come January that they think J.C.J. J., I think it was Bedard saying that he wouldn't be surprised if he'd be that number two corner role, which I was like, whoa. You know, like, I know.
2: If, that's, well, if, that's
0: their num- if that's their number two corner, like, he... he's
2: big. He's big and he's fast. And so, if he has those skills, you know, and they can teach him the skills, um, you know, he has the traits already, so it is possible, but you're right, it, he hasn't looked great so far. So, um, and then the last one is uh, Brian Flores, who just like
0: Trey Burton,
2: yeah, making was by make, himself,
0: he couldn't make any adjustment, adjustments either. I felt <laughs> like too, it was just it was brutal, and and you know,
2: Trey Burton was their number one receiver. He's probably the best player on their offense outside of Allen Robinson, but Allen Robinson's coming off a torn ACL. So you could make the argument he's their most uh, dangerous pass catcher and he wasn't covered all game long. It was just like, you got to be kidding me. He was wide open pretty much every play.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, not- yeah. I mean, granted, I mean, in, in just the ability not to make an adjustment, like I said, right. But, you know, you said earlier, you know, they, they felt like, I think it was Trubisky ran for three straight first downs. Like, make an right. adjustment here, you know? Like, yeah, not do what you did with Mahomes. Force him to throw, you know? And, I mean, Mahomes made some big-time throws, uh, you know, the week before. But you, you can't have that. I mean, come January when you play better teams. I mean, I know he's mostly the signal caller. I wouldn't even call him the coordinator. I'm, I'm sure it's Belichick in his ear. You know, right. it's kind of just his role. But, I mean, you got to have some sort of saying. If you're going to have that title, it's going to be dawned on you, so.
2: Right, I agree. Yeah, he's not – he doesn't have the title yet, but he's basically doing it. I mean, yeah, Sandy yeah. the San and McDaniels, him and Maddie P. Like, that's what Belichick does. And so, yeah, he doesn't have the title, but but he's basically the defensive coordinator. Uh, and the last one is too slow. We got the Bears kicker who just had no chance
0: to catch No chance. Patterson. Just, just, don't was, don't just don't even try next time. Hey, don't even try. Hey, I mean,
2: don't. He dove for him. He was only nine feet away when he dove. It was it just like it was Tom Brady
0: chasing Robin Alford or whatever his name was. He did yeah. well.
2: At least, at least Brady came close to Alfred. Yeah. I mean, this guy, you know, he wouldn't have been able to reach him with a ten foot pole. It was, it was crazy. So, uh, he's too slow. Of course, you can't really blame him. I mean, Patterson's pretty fast. Uh, as I think I said, he reached like, I think he almost hit twenty one miles an hour when he was running uh, on that kick return. So. That was ridiculous. So, but uh, just to recap, we get the five up uh, or the high five is uh, or up high, I guess. Where What are we doing here? Up high, down low, too slow. There too slow, go. there
0: you go. Yeah, we'll get better so we at get it the, as go on,
2: so. so, we get the up high is James White, Trent Brown, Donta Hightower, Jonathan Jones, and Cordero Patterson. The down low is Cordero Patterson, Jason McCourney, JC Jackson, the front seven, and Brian Flores. And the too slow is the Bears kicker because he just is too slow uh and so uh that's pretty much it doesn't that pretty much does it but we do have we want to kind of finish the show each week with a, li- a listener question or two and so we got one this week um and so spags i think you have it so why don't you read it and we'll kind of go over it and then and then we'll be done yeah
0: so um we got one from the number one cyrus jones fan page okay so interesting name. i know we were talking about him and, and kind of some drafts and some uh you know, pre-recorded, you know, pre-show right. talk. But I mean, they they asked favorite mem- favorite moment in Patriots regular season history. Very really no easy answers with playoffs slash Super Bowls. So I guess right. I'll start. I'm gonna have to say I believe it was 2014. Yes, it was. Um, Peyton Manning came in with the Broncos. I believe they were undefeated. We had one, We had two losses. Yeah, I think they were six and zero. We were four and two, coming off. Um, you know, a couple weeks after that Kansas City Patriots aren't good anymore. And yeah. uh, I believe the Patriots had a monster second half. Uh Edelman's kick return kind of yep. sealed it. In, and Brady's running into the end zone screaming like, you know, Malcolm Butler's pick later in the year. And he's like, you know, he says to Edelman, he's like, Yeah, hey, uh, Edelman's like, were you, in the, were you in the end zone? He's like, of course, you know, I got to go see my guy. Like, I love that. I love that ass, yeah. uh, that mic'd yeah. up. Just shows the relationship that that was just a great game. I mean, they, they rolled from that; they didn't lose again.
2: <laughs> no, it was know? great. They were uh, they were fantastic that year, and that was a hell of a game. And actually, I believe that was was did Welker fumble in that game? Welker Drop fumbled, yeah. Uh, yes. Well, he actually he didn't fumble, but he didn't call fire and hit the guy, and the Patriots recovered. Um, but I think yeah, that they were a-
0: down pretty not pretty big, maybe by a touchdown or two at half, and they had a monster. Yeah, the Patriots
2: were getting half. were getting smoked and had a monster second half. Yep, you're right, you're right. That was a hell of a game. So uh that's a good pick. That's a good pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna, however, I'm gonna take you back in time. I'm gonna take you in a little time machine. All right. Take you back to nineteen ninety-four. I wasn't Most even born of then, you, so fill me in I here. know you were not I know you were not <laughs> born. Uh a lot of people out there probably weren't born, but I was ten years old attending my third or fourth Patriots game with my dad. And uh Drew Bledsoe, of course, was the quarterback. Matt Barr was the kicker. Uh, Bill Parcells is the head coach at that point, And the Patriots were getting smoked by the Minnesota Vikings. were getting absolutely destroyed by the Vikings. Uh, they were losing 20 to nothing with about five seconds left to go in the first half. And Matt Barr lined up for like a 45 yard field. goal. my dad looked at me and said, if Matt Barr hits this field goal, the Patriots are going to win the game. And I was like,
0: what? what I know exactly it? what the yes. game you're talking about now. There's and I'll no tell you what,
2: you know, and so so he hits the field goal, and uh, sure enough, they storm back. They tie the game, twenty to twenty, and Drew Bledsoe throws a touchdown pass to Kevin Turner, R.I.P. Kevin Turner in the back of my end zone. I sit in the north end zone. I still sit in the north end zone. I sat in the north end zone, and then in the in the back corner of the north end zone. And I remember, I was ten, so everybody stood up when he threw it, and I never saw it. And so I had to look at the scoreboard to see the replay. And I just remember Turner catching it. And that was the most excited I've ever been at a game before or since. It's just, it's one of those memories for me that like will live on forever. That's the one game that I remember. And I, I, had, I had liked the Patriots and I had enjoyed the Patriots. And that was the game that I like truly fell in love with the Patriots. That game was so much fun. Bledsoe broke the record. Uh, he threw seventy pass attempts that game. I think he was like forty-five for seventy. He had a ridiculous amount. He, I think he had, I believe he had like eighteen pass attempts at the half. So like you come up, he came on the second half and threw the ball like fifty times in the second half. I remember like that game,
0: unbelievable. Two from, I mean, I don't remember it, but that that um, that Twitter account, i gave him, blanking on the name. The Prime Bam Childress ended up getting yes, uh, they ended up getting removed but he still he made a new account and he still does it um, right but he he posts a video from that I, I think you quoted it then but I remember oh, yeah. watching the highlight like I've ne- I had never seen it never heard about it. obviously because of you know Bledsoe kind of gets overshadowed because of Brady's career I was like
2: right wow. you know that right. was crazy it coming was, back. that was awesome and and so sure. I will say I you know regular season wise Bledsoe had some amazing games where, you know, they came back against the Bills. It was the the Dolphins game. I guess that was Brady when uh, when the Dolphins walked off the field and refused to come back out. And, yeah. you know, the, the Bills game where, you know, Bledsoe had a pin in his finger, and he's playing with a pin in his finger, throwing it a ton of times. And, um, you know, and they end up winning the game down the end. I think Vincent Brisby uh, forced a um, – was it – I think it was nope, nope. It was actually Michael Timpson forced a pass interference in the end zone. and They get the ball at the one yard line with no time left, zeros on the clock. But the game can't end on a on a defensive penalty, and they throw a touchdown pass to Ben Coates in the back of the end zone. And they win the game. And Bledsoe's got a pin. It was just it was unbelievable. He was he was something else. And so for for those of you that don't remember Bledsoe or don't give him enough of his due, he is, in my opinion, um, you know, not to go on this huge side but he's he is one of the three most important people in, in the history of the franchise. And the reason why is because he rejuvenized 100%. it helped 100% craft craft is the reason that the Patriots are here. And that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. And one day I'll tell the story about how Michael Jackson uh, saved the Patriots, but that's, that's not a day for today, but, but Kraft is the one that stopped them from moving, but Bledsoe and Parcells are the ones that brought the fans back in. Yeah. Because people wanted to see Parcells and Bloodsoe was the new guy and he he was a warrior and he was a gunslinger and people loved him. And he had his faults and he's not even close to as good as Brady was, but he was awesome and he saved those three saved this franchise. And then obviously Brady comes in and and, and, it, and
0: it's and win, 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 win,
2: win, yeah. Right. Exactly. But without those three guys, there's no real New England Patriots to talk about, and so that to me is he'll always be on that level for me. I know some people don't have him up there, but to me, he'll always be on that level. So, uh, so that's my that's my Drew Bledsoe take, and you'll hear it every now and again. And my cousin M dot, if he's listening, he like for years hated Brady because he was like a always a Bledsoe guy, <laughs> and now he's coming around because he's like, all right, you know, Brady's the best, but he's like, I still love Bledsoe. I'm like that's okay, you can still love Bledsoe. So, but. That's it, man. This is a lot of fun, dude. This yeah, was, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man.
0: Time. So, yeah.
2: so hopefully next you know. week
0: we'll be talking about uh, how many catches Josh Gordon takes to the house because I think he's got a oh, big week. I think but so I wanna, too. I don't want to predict anything or jinx anything, but I know. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, we'll, we'll, we're looking forward to next week. Hopefully, we get we got a couple guests lined up. We're not going to drop any names yet, just cause, nope. in case it doesn't work out. But tune right. in to our twitters. Or, uh, at Ryan underscore spags. Pat, I think you yep. changed yours to P Lane underscore Pat's correct. You got it. Yep. And then uh obviously the, the 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 podcast Twitter page at Pat's Nation Pod where you know we'll be, you know, dropping things for Pat's pulpit, the show, some guests, and you know, you can tune in and interact with us. We're always willing to uh get into some talks about the Patriots. But yeah, I had a lot of fun, Pat. It was a great first episode. And obviously thanks to Matt for coming on.
2: Yeah, it was great. A lot of fun. And one, one little thing, one little challenge for you people out there. If you do follow our uh, show at our show, Twitter account, the uh, Twitter background, I guess, right? What the hell would they call that? The header photo, header photo, Yep, the header photo. There you go. The Twitter header photo is from a famous play. Um, and so if you can name that play, you know, we'll give you a special shout out. So, you know, take a look. Take a look at our page and uh, and see if you could name the play that's on the chalkboard. So, um, just a little fun, fun little thing for you to do. Take a look at that. See if you can figure it out. So that does it for us, man. And uh, till next week, I guess, right? Yeah, next
0: week we'll see you.